Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Montreal Canadiens. We are joined this time by one of my favorite people. I've never had the opportunity to do this with. Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians. Laura, how are you? Hi, you are also one of my favorite people, and I'm so excited that we finally got to chat not once, but twice. I'm not Yay. plugging my own podcast here. I'm just plugging Kelly's appearance on our podcast. So I she... mean, <laughs> you should absolutely be, you know, letting everyone know. Yeah. So you can find Lara on Lockdown Canadians. How is that going for you? I know that's like a fairly new kind of like genre of podcast. How is it going for you guys? It's honestly, I, the way that I describe it is that it's still a job. I'm still tired like I have two jobs, but I've also never had this much fun at a job. And I have to mm -hmm. credit my co-host, Scott Matla, who you know from SB Nation. And that's kind of how I knew him as well. I'm truly lucky, like by, I have to be honest, you know, as a woman, especially a woman in sports, especially a woman of color in sports, a lot of times you can find yourself not being a herd, not being treated as an equal, not necessarily being collaborated with as a partner. And so I'm extremely lucky. That's one of the reasons that I was very happy to work with Scott. I'm, I'm lucky that he ended up being my co-host. And I, you know, I can't say enough about how good that's going and, and anything, you know, at the very beginning, we, neither of us had ever hosted a podcast before. Mm -hmm. So it took a little bit of time to sort of get our chemistry and our group going. But when you have somebody that respects you as an equal, it's so much easier to collaborate. And so truly, truly, the Canadians have had two eight game losing streaks. I keep saying this both on my <laughs> podcast and everywhere else. They've had two eight game losing streaks this season. But at the same time, like it's still fun to produce that content. So I feel really lucky and I want to thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to have you. So we're going to talk about the Habs a little bit. Um, this is the third meeting between the Flyers and the Habs so far this season. The last two ended in Flyers overtime victories. Um, how have things been going for the Habs over the last month and a half? I think it's been since we last played. Yeah, <laughs> not great. <laughs> Uh-oh. Not not great. I mean, the second of their eight-game losing streaks, um, like, they just came off of it. They've, they won two games at the time that we're recording this, which is before the Blackhawks game, so we're really hoping they win that one, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, they, they're, they've been struggling with injury, mm. and, and the injuries, it doesn't seem like a lot when you count the number of players that are injured, but then it's the most important players, and specifically Jonathan Drouin, who was having an amazing year, and scoring most of the Canadian goals, like the biggest proportion. And then Paul Byron, who is a big part of the offense. So while the team was still able to hold on to their dominant possession game, they just literally couldn't finish. Like they couldn't finish games. <laughs> and they lost uh, in 10 games. They lost uh, eight of them by one goal. And then two of them by uh, two goals. But that second goal was like the empty netter. So the games have been just super, super close. The Canadians are a good team that can't score goals, if you want me to summarize. the, the Basically, what <laughs> every other team has to worry about is they don't really have to worry that much because the Canadians are struggling to score goals at the moment. So how is Carey Price doing? I know it's been kind of up and down for him. It, yes. <laughs> he had a nightmare <laughs> November, which has somehow become an annual thing. And the fan base is 
up in arms about goaltending right now, which is something that they haven't really had to worry about uh, most like in their history, as well as in the last few years. Carey Price is still one of the best goaltenders in the league, but he is struggling a little bit with consistency. And what if you've been paying attention to the news or anything like that, you will have heard that he's having a terrible year. You Mm -hmm. might have seen Habs fans sort of trash him. And a lot of that has to do with his contract, I find. He signed for $10.5 million, and he has, I think, I think six six years remaining. Yeah. Uh, he's in the second, yeah. So uh, yeah, he's not playing like a $10.5 million goalie. And I, as a, in general, my hockey philosophy is that you cannot afford to tie up that much cap space in one player. It is a very mm-hmm. important position, but it's still one, it's one player. And, and so... I think the context kind of colors the the commentary a lot, as well as the fact that he historically is a stellar goaltender. And so in the last few games, he has played amazing. So against Ottawa, which was when they snapped the, the losing streak, it was an overtime victory. And Ilya Kovalchuk, who was a Montreal Canadian, <laughs> for whatever, we still can't believe it. Uh, scored the overtime winner, but Carey Price kept them in in the game with 41 saves. And then the following game was against Calgary, who is a really, really good team. And at the beginning, it seemed like the the Habs were going to lose because they were getting amazing goaltending while the Habs were not. But at the end, no, they were getting amazing goaltending. And it seemed like we were a little bit worried about Carey Price, but he literally just had one stumble and he ended up with a shutout. It was 31 saves, and he looked like the old Carey Price. So the hope at the moment is uh, our theory at the, time that, at the time that we're recording this, we don't know who's going to be starting in goal against the Blackhawks, but we're thinking it's probably going to be Charlie Lindgren, and then Carey Price is going to play in Philadelphia. That's mm. our theory. Yeah. <laughs> and he tends to like playing against Philly. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... It looks like January did not kick off to a hot start for the Habs. Um, four or five losses there to start the month of January. <laughs> um, but the team has won the last two. One was against Ottawa, which is, you know, admittedly supposed to be a win for every single team in the league. Um, but then you, you know, shut out Calgary and uh, they're pretty good. So <laughs> that might have, just, yeah, have things turned around at all or? Um. You know what? I think one of the things that I've constantly been advocating for is for people not to panic. The Canadians don't really need to make major changes. And again, all of this stuff needs to be, you sort of need to take the context into consideration because Mark Bergevin, uh, the way that he's managing right now is kind of making up for the mistakes that he's made historically in his tenure as the Montreal Canadiens general manager. So if you look at the past, you kind of see that he's done the best that he possibly can. The other thing that you have to think about is that a lot of the players on the team are really young. So when you're looking at the Canadians, you can't, this is not like their cup contending year. I I would say that they're not even close to their window yet. I would Mm -hmm. say they're a few years away from the window. So they've got these amazing players like Nick Suzuki, who I truly is such a joy to watch that like, I almost want to cry. So a lot (laughs) of like, like the, the team is a good team that needs a little bit more elite talent on the back end. They mm-hmm. need their goaltending to be a little bit more consistent and they really need some finish. Like if you look at their possession numbers on any given night, 
it, it's astounding when you look at the results. It doesn't seem to match at all, but they, they do dominate and then they end up losing the game. So they're a bit depressing. And the way that I look at this team right now is that it could go either way. And every, you know, it's very rare that you see that they aren't playing well. It's mm. usually they played well and then it's a toss of whether or not they win or lose. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Suzuki because he's one of those guys I think that... Um, if you pay attention at all, you're kind of excited to watch him play when he's on your TV screen. I really do anyway. Um, and he's one of the guys that I think is a little bit more well-known to kind of casual Flyers fans looking at the Habs. Who is somebody who we might not know about that you think could be a factor in this game? I truly, <laughs> you know what? The thing that I was going to say, I was going to be like Jordan Wheel and then, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cousins, who's that? Sounds exactly. Familiar. <laughs> um, truly, like right now, I think Ryan Paling is kind of finding his way. There's been a lot of t- talk about him in Montreal because he, you know, he's kind of struggled in his debut, but his last couple of games have been really amazing to watch. So I know, I know that I got asked about him the last time I was on a Flyers podcast. So I don't know how much, you know, Flyers fans in general have been paying attention. But I would say that he's somebody to look out for. And uh, truly, 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 like what? Ah, I think also like Jeff Petrie is underrated, and he sort of at the beginning of the year was really, really good, making up for Shea Weber's uh, struggles. I, I keep calling it slack, but it's not slack. It was struggles, and he sort of faded back into the background with Shea Weber having what looks to be a career year, despite the fact that the Canadians aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sort of Jeff Petrie's quietly like really doing all the right things, and. The one thing I will say, actually, and this is truly a surprise, is Ben Sherratt. When he was signed, hmm. <laughs> the move was panned, and he's turning out to be a lot better than anybody expected in Montreal, and that's something that's really surprised us. And I, and I wonder if it had to do with his deployment, um, and like both on his previous team and, and, and now in Montreal. It's sort of like it had to change with the injuries, like Victor Mete got injured. Shea Weber was struggling. They had to make a lot of changes. So he's really surprised people of late. I'm not going to turn around and tell you he's a Norris-winning defenseman. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. But he's really contributing a lot to the transition game in a way that I thought would have been his weakness when he first got signed. So on your show a few minutes ago, we talked a little bit about the Habs penalty kill and power play because we were talking about one of the things that's plagued the Flyers for pretty much this entire season, which is this <laughs> abysmal power play. Um, but their penalty kill is doing pretty good. How are special teams for the Habs right now? Um, they are both better than they were at the beginning of the year. I would say that the penalty kill is still one of their weaker, uh, I guess, areas. The power play has gotten better over time. And this is something that um, Claude Julien is not well known for. He, 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 we talked on our, on our show a little bit about Terry and stubbornness. And Claude Julien mm-hmm. seems to be kind of like stubborn about the power play and, and, and uh, not very innovative, um, I guess, is, is the way you put it. But he, he, he's kind of been cornered into it by the injuries and the struggles that the team has had. And they are getting so much better. And I'm not sure if this will happen. Like, this is something that fans are obviously clamoring for. But Nick Suzuki, it took a while for them to play him on the power play at all. And now he's on the second unit. 
I think he should be on the first unit. Mm. Uh, and if that happens in the next two games, that's something that the Flyers are really going to uh, maybe maybe that'll challenge the Flyers penalty kill. But on the flip side, I know that we talked about how the Flyers power play is abysmal, atrocious. We used yes. all those words for it. Yes, it is all of those things. <laughs> Those were words that I was using about the penalty kill, like well, it, well past a third of the season, uh, mm. to be honest, about the, about the Canadians' penalty kill. They have a lot of, like, I would say that their weakness isn't necessarily on goaltending, even though it seems that way. That's another part of the context that I missed when we were talking about Carey Price, is that their defensive lapses are just so egregious. And it seems like sometimes you'll be watching them, and I'm not kidding, it seems like they don't know how to play hockey. <laughs> like, oh boy. Yeah. And yeah. so like it, it's it seems like it's a it's a coordinated series of brain farts. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's funny for other teams, but it's not really funny when you're a Habs fan. And so a lot of the time when you look at the goals and and, and this is it, it was kind of unfortunate for Keith Kincaid as well, because it kind of um spelled the end of his his uh, season in Montreal, I think. It you know the, the defense let them down so much and a large part of that was on the penalty kill it kind of it seemed like they just they didn't know where to be nobody seemed to like have an assignment you know and it's mm-hmm. like basic hockey fundamentals they, they weren't and they seemed content to just four guys would be standing around watching one guy try to prevent a goal and then it goes in or like you know so that that that's definitely a weak point so like I would say, honestly, as as abysmal as the power play is in 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 Philadelphia, I would still try and get on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something that they can exploit. Like the Canadians, they roll lines. Like when when they're clicking and when they're clicking, they are able to generate offense. They can pin mm-hmm. uh, opponents in their own zone. But once you get like there, I don't know what happens. Like there's a switch that goes off once you get into the Canadian zone. And all of a sudden they can't clear a puck. It's just, it's exhausting to watch. So honestly, like defense is the weak point and the penalty kill overall kind of just highlights that they, they're not sure what they're doing. So final question I'll ask you is for a shot in the dark <laughs> score prediction for how this game's going to end up. Uh, oh, I'm going to say it's going to be another overtime game. Oh boy. And it's going to be it's going to be something ridiculous. So maybe it'll be like 4-3 in a shootout. For the Habs this time though. Okay. Okay. You're taking <laughs> it that way. I mean, like I said in your show, I think it's going to be a fun game no matter how it ends up because the Flyers have been nothing if not fun at the Wells Fargo Center this season. So at least we have that to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to be confident, but they are playing these two back-to-back games so close together with travel that I don't know how they're going to have any gas left when the Habs roll in. So I'm going to say two to one Flyers, and the I one that, one of them is an empty net. Yeah, that 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 is very much like how the Habs do. Yeah. Um, but uh, like the one thing I'm going to say is that this time around it is kind of fair because it the Canadians are also going to be on the second half of a back-to-back with travel. So, like, they're playing Don't Chicago the at home. I know, right? <laughs> the schedule, the whole year has been ruining my life. But, yeah, Absolutely. so I think it's kind of like, it's, it's going to be a little bit balanced on the um, out-of-gas end, I guess. 
Well, I guess that's good, too. So maybe it won't be fun. Maybe all of everything I've said has been incorrect. It will not be fun. (laughs) Both teams will be gassed. No one will score. Everyone will go home sad. Yes. That's my prediction. (laughs) ERVs. Lauren, thank you so much for doing this. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, On Twitter, I am at The Active Stick. And if you want to listen to our podcast, it's Locked On Canadians. Canadians spelt like the team. Hooray. Why is it spelled different? Is it French? Is that why? Uh, Canadien. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the history of the team is, I think, like, Molson bought them and then, like, the Molson Canadian was launched at the same time uh-huh. or something. Like, I don't know if it's an urban myth or not. I shouldn't know this because right. I am a Canadian fan. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's got something to do with that. And so they are Les Canadiens. And in English, we just call them Les Canadiens. <laughs> it sounds so much better when you say it. <laughs> All right, Lauren, thank you so much. Enjoy the game. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, go Flyers.